Welcome to A Path Home. This is the podcast where we're going to demystify the tasks related to after-death care through hearing stories from people who have cared for their own deceased loved ones at home. I'm your host, Sarah Cruz. I'm a home funeral guide, death educator, and a member of the National Home Funeral Alliance. Thanks for tuning in again today. I'm in the process of lining up a bunch of new conversations with people, and we'll be returning with another full-length episode in a couple of weeks. In keeping with the goal of this podcast to demystify the tasks associated with after-death care, I thought I'd take this opportunity to discuss legal requirements. The first comment I always get when I start talking about family-directed funeral care is, I didn't know that was legal. As I've mentioned before, the laws around funeral care differ from state to state. As daunting and confusing as it may seem, it's important to note that most of the laws are written for and intended to regulate the funeral profession, not to limit families' rights. Licensed morticians, funeral directors, crematory operators, and funeral homes are subject to myriad laws in order to keep their licenses. Reporting regulations apply to all of us. Every death, like every birth, is recorded on a certificate. Some common things every family needs to take into consideration as they embark on handling funeral arrangements for themselves are 1. The death certificate must be completed and filed before the body is buried or cremated. 2. A doctor, medical examiner, or nurse practitioner must certify the death by completing the medical information on the death certificate. 3. Most, but not all, states require that you get a permit for transportation before moving the body and or a permit for disposition, which means burial or cremation, before its final disposition. Four, if circumstances allow, it is wise to do a walkthrough ahead of time with all parties involved, from the registrar at the vital statistics office to the cemetery, crematory, or the medical school where the body will end up. Some of these parties may need to be shown in advance that what you're doing is legal if they haven't experienced a family-directed funeral before. I lifted those four points out of the book Final Rights, Reclaiming the American Way of Death by Josh Slocum and Lisa Carlson. I highly recommend picking it up or getting your library to order the book. Josh is the executive director of the Funeral Consumers Alliance, a position Lisa held for several years until she retired in 2003. The first part of Final Rights is 12 chapters on every aspect of funeral practice in the U.S., including chapters on home funerals and green burial. In Part 2, they delve into funeral law, breaking it down in understandable pieces state by state. The book was published in 2011, so now, nine years later, there may be changes to some of the information, but it remains the most comprehensive resource available. I reference part two of the book all the time. There are nine states that are considered restrictive. In other words, ones whose funeral laws limit families' rights to care for their own loved ones after death. Those states are Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, Nebraska, New Jersey, and New York. In each of these states, families lose the right to independent private control of their affairs when a loved one dies and are compelled to hire the services of a commercial funeral business. 
Restrictive state laws and regulations are varied and inconsistent. In general, however, those states' laws may include mandating that a licensed funeral director signs or files the death certificate, obtains all the necessary permits for burial or cremation, removes the body from place of death and is allowed to transport the body, or actually oversees the funeral services or final disposition of the body. However, even in those states, one can legally care for the body at home. You just have to hire a funeral director for those things I've just listed that are required by law. In the remaining 41 states whose laws support families' rights, the language states something along the lines of, allowing people to appoint designated agents empowered to make funeral arrangements, or simply say that the funeral arrangements may be handled by the funeral director or, and this is the important part, the person acting as such, the person designated to act as funeral director. So that could be you or your spouse, your mom, your big sister or brother. As you've probably gathered by now, when a death occurs, the main legal requirement in each and every state is completing and filing that death certificate. This is something that usually needs to be completed within three to seven days. Again, it's different in every state and is often the only thing that can trip up home funeral families who are hoping to do all of the arrangements themselves. It is still possible, but it's worth noting because it's something that will be a whole lot easier to achieve if you've done a little background research made some key communications with people in your area who can facilitate the filing, taken a look at the chapter on your state in final rights, in short, done some planning ahead. It's really important because as we all know, depending on the circumstances of the death, it may not be possible in the moment. Furthermore, as you might expect, death certificates are filed just about everywhere now digitally. And for the most part, ordinary people don't have access to what's known as the Electronic Death Registration System, or EDRS, and it can be very challenging, even impossible, to get a hard copy. The system is set up for access by doctors, hospitals, hospices, and licensed funeral directors. Some states receive death certificate filing at the county level, some at the state level, Here in Kansas, every death certificate goes through the Office of Vital Statistics in the state capitol. If you didn't know this in advance and decided to figure it out at the time of death, it could come as a surprise that you may not be able to just walk down to the city or county building and easily take care of it. A couple of states have made access to EDRS a little easier for people by having language on the .gov website specifically for home funeral families. The state of Massachusetts is a great example, largely on account of the work of Peg Lorenz, former NHFA board member and longtime home funeral advocate, who worked closely with the powers that be in her state to make death certificate filing accessible to families. Check out the mass.gov website under VIP, Vitals Information Partnership, EDRS. They break down the different ways various entities can file death certificates and have one under the heading, For Families Not Working with a Funeral Home. The language they are using provides an excellent template if any of you are so inclined to approach your own state's Office of Vital Statistics to ensure access to death certificate filing for home funeral families. Cause of death is the major medical information that must be completed on the certificate. As you might expect, that piece is determined by the physician attending the death. 
In most states, the certificate needs to be signed by the attending physician, which can be straightforward enough if someone dies in the hospital or on hospice, or it's signed by the coroner or medical examiner if the death is sudden, unexpected, due to an accident, and therefore considered an unattended death. Sometimes this detail is one that is just easier to find a home funeral-friendly funeral director to take care of in the midst of everything else the family is doing. That's also something worth investigating ahead of time if you have the opportunity to do so. Have the conversation with your local funeral director, letting them know that you are planning on doing most of the funeral arrangements yourself, but are wondering if they would be willing to charge you just for filing the death certificate. Often, if you are hiring their services for the cremation or burial, filing the death certificate will be included in the fee. If you are planning on a backyard burial or a burial in a cemetery not associated with a funeral facility, and you don't want to do all the necessary footwork, it may be worth finding a licensed professional who will charge a nominal fee to simply file the death certificate. Other than the medical information, specifically the cause of death, as I mentioned before, as determined by the attending physician or the coroner, The majority of the information on the certificate is provided by the next of kin. Things like mother's maiden name, birth date, whether the deceased is a veteran. So it literally means paying the mortician to receive the information from the family member, fill it out, obtain the required signature, and submit it electronically. Please take this as a friendly nudge to start looking into it on your own if you think that handling the after-death care of someone you love is something you would like to do or if you want to make it easier on your loved ones when your time comes. If you are a home funeral guide or death educator, having full knowledge of legal requirements, including necessary permits and how to file a death certificate in your city, state, or rural community, is one of the most significant ways you can help a family navigate the legalities of choosing to tend to the after-death care themselves. If you have any questions or comments about this or any other episode of A Path Home, or if you have any requests for other topics related to after-death care for an informational episode like this one, send us an email at podcast at homefuneralalliance.org. Thank you so much for listening. A Path Home is a production of the National Home Funeral Alliance, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and advocating for families who choose to care for their own loved ones after death. Visit our website at homefuneralalliance.org. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend and be sure to subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. The music at the beginning and end of A Path Home was written and performed by Sarah Cruz. Our cover art is designed by Linda Carre, production assistance by Tim Howell. And until next time, remember the words of Ram Das: we are all walking each other home. I want to be there to walk you home. I'll tend to your body, you'll tend to my soul. And if it happens the other way around, I know you'll gently lay me in the ground and take the next breath.